Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Build your dreams and live your sparkle. If you are anything like, oh, everybody else in the world right now, you are a little bit overwhelmed. And if you're anything like me, you get tired of being overwhelmed. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's workplace-related stress, if it's family stress, if it's just waking up in the morning and looking at your body and thinking, this isn't me, and then walking around and thinking, this doesn't feel like me. It doesn't matter what it is. We all get overwhelmed. We live in a society right now that <laughs> overwhelms us. We can all only take so much. And that is what this show is about today. It's about talking about the fact that yes, we are overwhelmed and helping you deal with it. My guest today is Christine Arilo, and she is the amazing best-selling author of the book, Overwhelmed and Over It. Embrace your power to stay, cent to stay centered and sustained centered and sustained in a chaotic world. And there's so much I love about that because my own work is around happiness and around finding it and sustaining it. And I think so often we as humans think, oh, I'll get centered and I'll stay there. Oh, I'll get happy and I'll stay there. And the point is, we're not going to stay there without a little bit of work. And that is what Christine really addresses and tackles in her book, how to get centered and how to sustain that place of feeling centered and whole and balanced, no matter what is going on within you or in this crazy world around you. So with that, welcome to the show, Christine. Mm, thank you, Laura. It's so good to be here. And hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just dive in a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and why, why you wrote this book and why you decided to address this issue? Mm. I think, you know, I, like many of us, were educated in a society that said you can do and be and have anything. And I'm really grateful for that because before our, you know, before our generation, really before, before the 1960s, self-esteem and self-empowerment were not words that were like our grandmothers and our mothers were brought up on. And so because of the, the rise of the women's movement and other movements that happened in the 60s and 70s, we've all benefited from that, right? It's like, we got the message you can do and be and have anything. So I went about my life, like many of us, like, okay, like I'm going to go and do and be and have it all. Like, what's going on? You know? <laughs> and, um, and that worked for a while. Um, you know, I, I have my MBA. I did the whole business school thing and worked in corporate 
and got the three bed, the three car garage house and the, you know, the, the fiance was like, I was building the perfect life. And thank God at the age of 30, I got a big, huge wake up call from the universe who kind of kicked me out of said perfect life and said, no, we actually have another plan for you. And I, I realized that, um, that I almost created a life that I didn't even want. And that woke me up to like, wow, like I've studied, been trained in the best business schools and taken the best leadership classes. And like, I've just been taught to basically keep my head above the water and tread water in a society, in a system that's out of control and out of whack. And how can it be that we as women, and this is true for all beings, but I'm speaking, you know, specifically oh, in this yeah. book to women, but it's true for all of us that as smart as we are, we haven't figured out work-life balance, that today women are less happy than they were in the 1970s like less, right? We should be more <laughs> happy and it's not true. And so this really sent me on a, um, on a, after a series of what I call superwoman sob moments, which maybe Laura, you've had these, maybe those of you listening where <laughs> the pressure is too much, no matter how much you work and how much you give and how much you sacrifice and you, how many vision boards you make or how many affirmations you say, it's just never enough. Yeah. And the tears just come. And so I had had a series of these happen and I, and I just came to this inquiry of like, what's going on? And I'm like, you know what? I got to go back to the last rise of feminism. I got to go back to the last kind of uprising that happened and go talk to the women that were there and kind of be like WTF, like, <laughs> you know, what, right. how did we get here? And I ended up talking to quite a few women, including Gloria Steinem. And I got to have a one-on-one -on -one talk with Gloria, which is a whole story in itself, how that, that happened. <laughs> it was really amazing. And I, I was really point blank with her. I said, you know, Gloria, I work with women all over the world who want to make a difference in this world, you know, grow strong children and, you know, be good mothers and live their own lives and, you know, have happy lives. And we're all tired and we're exhausted. And, um, you know, where did this message you can do and be and have it all come from? And Laura and everyone, she looked me dead in the eyes. She took my hand and her hand and she goes, Christine, the message was never you can do and be and have it all. So the message was you can do and be anything. And I would add to that, that's aligned with your soul's path and is aligned with who you are. Um, and she said that part of the message, the other part was you have to make choices. Right. And my head kind of went like this, like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, we didn't get the message about choices, right? Because it's just, you're just supposed to pile more on. Like, and like you're like, you have a career now, you want to have a mom, you're, you're, all these things. And I was like, well, we, we didn't get that second half of the memo around choices. Right. Which is a big piece. And I'm going to bring this one part in and then we can unpack whatever you want here. Um, and a big part of my work is about helping women make choices that are in line with their heart and their soul and to see the choices that are imprinted from the systems that tell us what it looks like to be a good, successful woman and choices like we feel like we don't even know that we're making that are creating these jail cells for us. And I said, Gloria, what happened? Like, why, why is that? And she said, well, basically we didn't have enough women and or conscious beings in places of power and influence then. So we had to suck it up and assimilate into the systems. And it was like the systems, so systems, government, healthcare, corporate, how we work, how we live, basically said, okay, ladies, have your rights, have your equal this, have your whatever, you know, be mothers, be this, be that, but we're not gonna change the systems to actually support that. And so we just kept doing more and more and more. And we actually, 
assimilated into a game that is a game that a woman can never really win unless she becomes a man or she basically becomes a self-sacrificing martyr. Only way to win that game. So we're still trying to all win that game. And what's happening right now is it was like if we were treading water in the last decade and just keeping our heads above the water, a deluge has come and we're drowning because we actually can't. And so there's no more room. There's no more room. And that's my, um, that's my, my goal is to help women be able to take a stand and actually be able to no more. No more to doing more with less. Yes, there is a lot to unpack with that. And yes, I'm a thousand percent on board. One of my favorite quotes has always been the one about Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Sure, he was great, but she did everything he did backwards and in heels. And that's what we're doing. And I like how you talk about, yeah, assimilate, because we did assimilate into the man's world. And no, we cannot physically, emotionally, and mentally do all of that. So thank you, first and foremost, for just calling, calling a spade a spade. It's not that we're unworthy, but I can't birth a baby, <laughs> raise that child, have a sense of my own personal freedoms and enjoyment, like sleeping maybe, working out. I can't cook the meals for the family. I can't fulfill every single womanly role of all of that and make a six-figure income. I can't. And it's not because I'm bad or worthless or lazy or stupid. So yes, kudos to you. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Like putting our hands and like, that's a piece of everyone just could give you one message. It's not your fault. I mean, that's what you're saying. It's not your fault. And so we've been trying, like we've been applying self-care take care of yourself, take care of yourself, or like all these, and it's, it's, you know, it got us to a certain level, but it's like, oh my God, I have another thing I have to do now. I have to take care of me and everything else. And self-care and stress management and, you know, life hack and productivity, it's not going to solve it. It's like, it's, like, no. it's, like having, it's like having a disease. You know, it's like we have a cancer in our society yeah. that is, is, is killing women. I mean, one in three women will die of heart disease. That number used to be one in four, and it's not because we're eating too many French fries, right? It's because the pressure's yeah. too much. And, and so we're, this is a serious situation, you all, that I feel like it's like we kind of poo-poo it or like we woo-woo it or we poo-poo it. And, <laughs> and we actually have to be like, this is, you know, to me, this is as important as who we elect for president, what we do with the environment, all of these pieces. Because if a woman, if we don't have a society that has women and family and humans wholeness and wellness at the core, our government, our healthcare, our education, none of that will actually support the human to have that. Right. And there's no leader who's coming to say, oh, ladies, you know, we feel really bad that this has been you know, your lot in life for the last, oh, I don't know, thousands of years. Let's just fix this. No, no. We have to rise up, not in anger, but in like that fierce feminine of like, actually, we're not doing it this way anymore. And yeah. you know what? This is how we're going to do it instead. So come around you all and let's figure this out together. And sometimes I think, tell me what you think. Sometimes I think we are our own worst enemies, that we don't rise up. We either apologize and suck it up and sink more, or we start attacking other women and judging other women and being like, she shouldn't do that. She shouldn't do this. She should. And it makes me sad sometimes because you are spot on with all of that. And for us to rise up in that solidarity, solidarity I don't think would take 
too much. It's just that we need that clarity and that cohesion. You are, um, so you just, you hit the, what call it, hit the nail on the head, but I hate that saying. I'm like, I always like say bingo, dingo. It's like a little jackpot machine, bingo, dingo. And it was interesting because the women I talked to that were um, really active in the 60s and early 70s, and I asked what happened, like that part of like what, like where did that, like, it's like it, it's like there was all of this energy and then it just kind of went, it petered out and then we went into the 80s. Ah, you know, and just like talk about the talk about the epitome of what's wrong in our culture of this all about consumption and accumulation. And now, you know, like I think of my parents' house in the 1970s, people don't have three car garages, people don't have three, you know, there's this way that we don't even notice that we are living in a fishbowl that's telling you buy the bigger castle, buy the bigger castle, buy the this, buy the that, and the whole thing is basically set up to make you create a life that you have to keep feeding. So yeah. that and there's never enough. There's never, there's never, there's never enough. And then people are lonelier because they go into their little mini McMansions and they don't see anybody else. And so, you know, and then to yeah. send your kids to school and what that costs for private school, like it's like, it's, it's completely whacked out. And one of the things that the, all the women said was that what happened was it was not the men that tore the women apart. It was the women who tore the women apart. And it was, the, and not that the men, and let's like get this, is not just about man, woman. It's about, some people call it the patriarchy. I just call it the people who want to control other people and profit from it. Yes. Basically. <laughs> so I'm not saying that they didn't manipulate. People didn't manipulate to stay in control and stay in power. But the women, it, it, what happened is, is that it divided women. So literally friends of my mother's who I talked to that were white said my like my black friends said I can't be friends with you because you're white and so my black family will say something about it and then vice versa right it was the same thing so you took black and white and you separated it and then there was the whole like well they're lesbians and we're not lesbians and if we had the lesbians be part of it so then the straight women and then the lesbian women so it was like all this division that happened and yes. we're seeing that happen right now Oh, absolutely. You have to be really careful that you don't add your energy to things that divide versus things that unify. Because I believe our power as women is when we come together with intention, without competition, without comparison. And I get into this in the power chapter and overwhelmed and over it. And we each stand in our part. And Laura, you do your part. I'll do my part. Everyone listening, you do your part. You'd be like, great, Laura's got the happiness. Awesome. <laughs> your C's got the part of how to get overwhelmed. You know? It's like, and then, and then we're like, okay, then we all rise together. Yes. No better, no worse. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and I love that, talk, that part about no competition too, because I've taught yoga forever, forever, forever. And yes, this, this ties in. Give me two seconds. <laughs> of course it does. I mean, that's a, a yoga, yoga means union. It does. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes I will give cues, you know, raise your heart, lift your chest, arch your upper back, and people won't get it. And they're not doing it. And I keep trying and I keep trying and I give all these different cues and they don't get it. And then somebody else comes in and they're like, oh, just extend like a neck or your neck like a swan, and somebody will raise their chest. It's the same cue in a different term, but we understand it differently. So that's how I like to think about competition. Even if you and I were both about overwhelmed and over it, 
my words and my energy are different than your words and your energy. And I will speak to different people and you will speak to different people. And we are on that same team and together we can elevate people. And it's not dang that Christine, she's in competition with me. It's bless her because she will use different phrases and she will motivate different people. And we have the same goal. Let's look at that yes. goal, the same goal. Which is there's so many pieces of little wisdom that bites that you put in there. I'm going to pull on two strings. You tell me which way we want to go. So when I teach leadership um, and I teach feminine leadership, what I do is I teach women how to access their feminine power and their masculine power and bring them together to create what I call elevated leadership and see the distortions that are happening around us. Because part of what and why I wrote Overwhelmed and Over It is about awareness, self-awareness and systemic awareness, because you can't change what you can't see. But once you can see it, you're like, holy moly, you know, it's like in my my past life, like I told you about when I was just like climbing the corporate ladder and going to the next phase and then getting my MBA and then buying the next house. Like I didn't know that I was tied in to a machine that was causing me to have to create, to make more and more money in order to just survive. I, I couldn't see that. A lot of it was because I was disconnected from my heart. And so I'm going to come back around to that part because what you just said is actually key to our conversation, everyone, and why we're not shifting this. So in that, if you were to think about um, the competition piece, everyone just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to envision in your mind's eye an infinity sign. So it's like, you know, an eight and it has a left side and a right side. And the left side is the feminine and the right side is the masculine. And so on the left, in this particular season, they're called the power spectrum. And when you have both of these powers um, active, that's when you can create realities that actually are sustainable and have wholeness at them. So on one side, you have connection, is the feminine power. And on the other side, you have competition, which is the masculine power. And together, those create conscious collaboration. Now, competition this is interesting. The root of the word competition means to come around something. So the distortion of competition. So if you go off the power spectrum, that's when you get into distortions in our patriarchal society, people will often say, Oh, that's so masculine. It's this. And oftentimes we're like, actually it's not masculine. It's just distorted. So this whole, like be the best, be number one, biggest, grow the fastest. I want to look at the companies right now around the world whose mission statement is literally to dominate the world. There's more than a handful. I won't name them here, (laughs) but there's more than a handful and they're all, yeah, they're, and they're even, they're run by men that are like what they call moys, man boys. So they're like man, men who are the age of a man, but they have the, the, the psyche and the mentality of a boy. And, or oftentimes you'll also see a woman who's in partner, like in a high level with them who's looks like a woman, but she really has bought completely into the patriarchy and she's operating um, as a person who is connected into that consume more, accumulate more, dominate the world, which is not the feminine. So I love to reclaim the word compete because it's like you and I, Laura, like, and everyone listening, we're coming around this common desire to create a world that we want to live in. For ourselves, those we love, those we lead. That's like we come around that. And you excel, that inspires me to excel. Exactly. Right? And then we connect. So then we connect. And then together, like we're doing this podcast together, right? So we're sharing this message with more. Now, how we can do that, and you all that are listening, you won't see what Laura is wearing right now, but she has a big heart on her shirt. 
And I'm actually wearing, um, I have a necklace that is the sign, the harmonizer. And then I also have some morganite on, which is a stone I just got because it's all about divine love and feeling that presence of like, there's something bigger loving all of us. Our hearts are open. And what you just described what happens in your yoga, and this is like one of the root reasons why we haven't solved it. We as women have been trained not to go into our hearts. We are afraid to go into our hearts. We'd rather just stay at the intellect or the surface than actually go in. And I'm going to make up, Laura, I don't know if this is true for you. You have to let me know. Um, when I was 30 and I had my big wake-up call, that um, I made a promise to myself to never settle for less than my heart and soul desired ever again. But I realized I didn't know what my heart, I didn't know my heart and I didn't really know my soul. And so that led me to finding a really beautiful psychotherapist, a body healer, and I began my, my healing path. And I remember the first day I'm sitting in Vic's office. He's this beautiful soul psychotherapist, shaman man person. And he's like, I am going to send green energy towards your heart. And I'm like, like, I'm in the middle of getting my MBA. I live in Chicago. I don't know any. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like energy? Like I didn't know anything about energy. Oh, whatever. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Why not? I'm open. So he, I could close my eyes and he's, I literally start to feel the energy come at me and I feel it and it gets right here. You all, I have my hand about six inches above my heart and I have never done anything like this ever before, but I literally feel it stop and it goes around me. The energy no. goes around me because I had built such walls of protection around my heart that looked like me. And I was a very strong woman, a very capable woman, a very invincible woman. Like I had a lot of friends, but this heart was like Fort Knox. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. That's the, that's the part that if we don't go in there, you, you can't change and transform any of this. And so I'm not sure how if that, how that resonates with you, Laura. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, you're wearing a heart on your shirt for God's sake. So <laughs> it does. Here's how that resonates. And here's what I really appreciate about your work and a bridge that I want to create for our listeners who might be thinking leadership, but I'm not working in a power position or leadership. I don't really get that or leadership. I'm not a leader. Okay. My background, I was a corporate attorney. As a corporate attorney, you are in your head. It's a pretty dominated by men. There's, there's plenty of women there too, but it is a field that is traditionally dominated by men. You do have to be very masculine, very direct, very all of that traditional stuff. So yes, I go from being a corporate attorney to a stay-at-home mom. Felt like overnight. That gave me an identity crisis. Who am I? And in my brain... There was this whole sunk cost bias too. <laughs> Why am I walking away from this career? I'm licensed in two different states. I have hundreds of thousands of dollars wrapped up in this education. I've got student loans. I've got all of this stuff. And I'm worthy because of it. To wham, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a housewife. There's no worth there. And trying to balance those two polarities was difficult. So when you're talking about that infinity you know, symbol, sign, yes, the masculine and the feminine, and what's healthy and what's unhealthy, and integrating both is challenging in our world. And when you talk about being a transfor transformational leadership coach, what I want to put out there is it's not just leadership in the workforce. It's not that I needed to balance that and go back to work. I was a leader 
at work? Yes. I was a leader of my family at home. Yes. I was a leader in the school for my kids. I was a leader at the rec center where I taught my yoga classes part-time. When I started my own entrepreneurial journey and started my own business, I needed to be a leader for people that I was hiring for clients. Leadership is such a broad spectrum thing. And to have that fully balanced, healthy, functional leadership is the only thing. And yes, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the only thing that is going to keep us out of overwhelm. So I don't care, listeners, what you're doing or what you're about to do or where you're at in your life right now. You need that balance of the masculine, the feminine in a healthy way to stay out of overwhelm. I love that the fierce, the fierce feminine, well, has arrived. So I love this. So whenever I do my power cast, my, my podcast, Feminine Power Time, there's always this moment where the fierce feminine comes speaking through and it's like, and, and I'm like, oh, here she comes. And no, like, but you're like, no, you're like this. It's like the fierce feminine is like, she's grounded. She's rooted. She has like a staff in her hand and she's like, or a sword. And she's like, she's just like this. And then you just, you spoke from her. And I want to, I want to pull out two things that you said that are really maybe essential. I'll read a little part from the book, but um, oftentimes the women I work with, we get so indoctrinated over here. The ones that have been indoctrinated into the masculine paradigm, distorted, distorted, distorted. Masculine, yeah. and really value the masculine. We have to go over to the feminine and like immerse ourselves in it to remember who we are, to, 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 to rewrite those distortions. And which is a lot of the work I do is, is bring, it's like, actually, what is the feminine? And right. I didn't know what the feminine was until my third, my third superwoman sob. And I was in my office six months into being an entrepreneur. And I was like, you know, not enough money, not enough, this, not enough me. And I, after the sob subsided, my, that voice said to me, you know, the voice of our inner wisdom said, you need the feminine. And I was like, totally true. And I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and right. but I'm like, I said, yes. And that led me to find my teacher. And so this, my work is, is about really bringing the feminine forward, what it is, how do you articulate, what does it mean? And then integrating those parts. And you also said something that's really important, which is, and I'll, I'll bookmark this, then you let me know if you want to go down this road, yeah. is about reclaiming motherhood as sacred work. And it's in the first section of this book about getting out of work-life balance. And that, you know, it's like any mother would tell you any parent, any, I think parenting is the hardest job on the planet. Um, and we live in a culture that doesn't value motherhood and it yeah. doesn't value parenting. And what's happening to all of the mothers out there that are homeschooling right now, you're experiencing a culture that doesn't value motherhood. We just slot it in. Yep. Right. We just slot it in. And, and that's like, think of how much teachers get paid. Think of what nurses get paid. Think of like, just like from a, from that perspective. Right. And, and how we feel. So there's so much more, but that's a big yes. piece of like the part of, I want us to understand as women is we have to take a stand to create whole lives in which motherhood and parenting, which are different but connected, because you can be a mother and not a parent. A parent is a very specific, and I think the hardest job, which is why I didn't choose it. Um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't my path. So I didn't choose it because it wasn't hard, but it wasn't mine to do. Um, but I want to leave you this little part about leadership, because I think it's exactly what is, I'm, I, I'm what we're, we're, we're both talking about. 
when leadership is something that you give to someone in a position or influence, you give away your power. Yes. And so I'm going to just read this one little part here. Please. It says, leadership is not a position given to you as a title or a title you attain. It is a presence and way of being you choose to embrace and embody. Among your family and friends, you can choose to lead by inspiration or suggestions. You can choose to lead within any organization, community, or group by how you show up, speak up, and make your choices. You become the leader of your life when you embrace your innate power. And you're right. Uh, leader of your life, the matriarch in your family, leader in your community, and I don't care what title. You might have more access to influence a resources in a specific position, but leadership is, um, is for everybody, I believe. Yes. yes, and circling back around before we take our break, circling back around to something you had said earlier about those who want to control. Leadership is not about wanting to control others and insert your ideas and your way of thinking. You're leading yourself. To be an effective leader, you have to lead yourself first. And I think that's what you're talking about too. You don't give it away to somebody else. You lead and only from that position of, like you talked about earlier, fierce feminine, truly leading yourself, your life. Can you ever hope to influence anybody in the positive way? And getting that this really about your choices, you all, your choices and your voices and your presence are enough to change this world. And I was just talking to one of the women in my community who's uh, um, decided to get divorced recently from a very unhappy, mismatched marriage. And um, she was here for a personal retreat. And she's had a lot of, as you, one would as a mother, right? Yes. And, and unpacking what society is saying versus, you know, when a lot of conversation, and her daughter's name is Grace. Um, and about like, what am I teaching my daughter? What am I modeling for my daughter? And asking, is this what I want her to see and she keeps coming back to yes yes it is yes it is and who she's modeling as and that she's changing the world because she's raising her daughter so consciously and and in decisions she's made to have the divorce be as peaceful as possible and without sacrificing herself you know and it's like that's sacred that's that that's leadership that's yes. leadership that's absolute leadership. Thank you for sharing that. We will be right back after a break. And when we come back, I would like to start talking about some practical tools that you can share with the listeners who might be in a state of overwhelm. It's the holidays. It's 2020. It's <laughs> you name it. Some practical tools. So stick with us so you don't miss out on all of this amazing wisdom about what you can do to make yourself feel better right now. So we will be back. You're a smart woman who has achieved a lot, but are you happy? Do you sparkle with joy and enthusiasm, or are you living life on autoplay? You're not alone. Many successful women reach a point where they realize that they're not enjoying themselves, their jobs, or their families in the way that they thought they would. No matter what's blocking your sparkle, you can live full out and enjoy life again right now. Not after you lose 15 pounds, find love, or the kids leave home. 
Go to www.nakedselfworth.com and download the top 20 things that block your sparkle and what to do about them so you can stop seeking to please, proving your worth, and settling for less, and start living life on your own terms with enthusiasm, joy, and plenty of sparkle. And we are back with Christine Arilo, the amazing best-selling author of the book, Overwhelmed and Over It. The whole first part of the show, we talked quite a lot about overwhelm and why it happens and how things have been misconstrued and imbalances of power. And I think we could probably have like 10 more shows <laughs> based on the first half of the show, which is amazing. What I'd like to move into now is a little bit more of what can you do? I think we all agree there's a lot of problems and it's so easy to fall into that state of everything's messed up. There's social injustice. There's all of this stuff, not only in our country, but in the whole world. And it's, it's the environment and it's politics and it's personal and it's business. And it's, and it's just so easy to say, so give me my glass of Pinot and I'm going to click on Netflix. <laughs> But our group, yeah. Well, and I and 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 so we can start to break it down. And this is really, I'm big about why we spent the first part of this show. We have to open, wake up. You got to yeah. wake up, and you got to see what's really going on, so you can stop trying to band aid the dam that's needed to break for a long time. Yeah. And then the segue before we we can get super practical because there are oh, there's really, a lot what I call simple yet significant things you can do to take your power back without, regardless of what's going on out there. But the first piece of what you just mentioned is there's in the, in the, in the book, I have a lot of glyphs that we, um, that we use these pictures to kind of illustrate these different, these different concepts. And one concept is um, this thing that we do and how we diffract our power when we get overwhelmed is we take it all on. We take it all on. So there's literally this picture of this woman who she's spread out, like her arms are spread out. We call her the three-headed overwhelmed woman. Her head's like all over the place and she's connected to all the problems in the world. You got a picture of me, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) We've all, because well, and that's our gift as as women is we can sense all that needs to be doing, but where we make the mistake and where we sacrifice ourselves and go into overwhelm is we we take it all on. We take over responsibility. And in the, in the upgrade, and so what I've been able to do in 10 years of researching all of this is identify imprints that we need to release, which are, when I say imprint, it means it's more than a belief. So it's in your mind, but it's also in your heart that causes you to, you know, respond from that place of like, oh, if I don't give or I don't do, you know, like whatever fear you have in your heart, it also is connected to cellular memory in your body for times there wasn't enough or this fear, like if I don't, the whole world's going to fall apart. It's in your psychic field. It's, it's, It's multiple levels. And to release that imprint and then put in a new imprint that we embrace. And so the old imprint that's not serving us, it's causing us a lot of overwhelm is take it all on. The new imprint is stay focused on your part. And if you were everyone to just close your, can I give, I'm going to give everyone a, a visual. So if you just close your eyes for a moment and imagine a circle of women and beings standing on top of planet earth. And we're actually not holding hands and we're not singing Kumbaya, although not a bad thing to do, but we are, we are all standing in a circle and we have, um, we have, we have two threads in our hands. We have what I call the giving thread and the, 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 the receiving thread and the giving thread. 
re receiving thread is what you're here on this planet to learn. What's your curriculum? What's the part that you're literally transforming yourself? Because all, all social and systemic change has to be rooted in personal transformation or it will not stick. Because we have to be able to raise our frequency, our vibration. You hear it all the time, from love to from fear to love. What does that mean? You have to do the work in your own heart that's operating from fear and shame and blame and you know, generational lines of suffering and martyring. And in that part, like that's your part. Your life is literally changing the world. And then there's the, there's the give. You have gifts. Laura, you have gifts. I have gifts. Everyone has gifts. You do your part, I do mine. And then if you look around, it's like that parachute game, you know, like seven yes. goes like this. And really? you're like, yes. she's got her part. And we then we're like, okay, like, you know, even, you know, even, even, even in knowing what your part is, knowing what Amen your part to is. That. And then the comparison drops away. Yes. Um, and I'm not saying it's easy. It's very challenging because A, you have to know your part, but here's the thing. Then you have to value your part. And know that your part is enough. I want to stay there for a second. We're, we're bookmarking that right there. Know your part and value your part. Why is that so hard for women? Why is that so hard for women? And you're right. That is so important. Because our models for success are completely whacked out and warped to keep women and humans working like machines or martyrs. And we are brought up to believe that women are either a strong achiever or you're a selfless caregiver. And, and it's, 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 it's like the, that's the cultural imprint. But yes. this is what we have to understand. Culture is created. Yes. So we have the power. This is, why the, this is why this work is all about power through the heart. We create culture. You create the culture in your family. You create the culture in your life. And, I, and I'm really asking women to take a stand and say, what is no longer working for you? This is like, this is a practice. One of the practices I use to get to the heart and the soul of the matter where we can actually make transformation happen is inquiry. And an inquiry is different than a question. A question is like, I, I need an answer. Yes, no, give me an answer. Inquiry is more like it opens up a portal that gives you like, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of it. And it opens up possibility. And so the inquiry is what is no longer sustainable for you? what's not working for you and to look at it both in your relationship to work, look at it in your relationships to relationship and how you're giving and receiving, and then look at it in your life design, like how you've set up the constellation of your life. And then use this time period, like where we're at right now, at the end and beginning of the year is called the Kiva time in indigenous cultures. It's a time to slow down. It's a time to reflect, it's a time to listen I spend the whole month of January visioning and listening. And I feel like that's the gift of the pandemic is really, no, slow down and listen. And just like you mentioned that there's the, the people there at your house right now, Laura, I'm coming to cut the, the, cut the trees, you know? And it's like, we got to prune off the stuff that's not working. And so since, you know, this is, this is what we do. And then come like spring, we start creating the new. Yes. But you got to shed what's no longer working. And then you don't even have to make yourself wrong for what you've done because you did the best you could with what you had. Yes. Yes. Okay. Coming full circle back to when you were talking about your heart and not letting it in. The slowness of the pandemic 
the Kiva time. This is all that inward focus, which does help us understand who we are and what the heck we're doing. But oh my gosh, for people who have not been into their heart, that is scary because it can set emotions free that people don't want to feel. It can shift, that inquiry is perfect, but it can also shift and make you realize, oh my gosh, I do need a divorce. I do need to make some significant changes. And I think that can also bring on its own kind of overwhelm sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any tips or wisdom that you can offer to listeners who are thinking, Christine, Laura, this sounds great. And you two are just so privileged that you could just go do that. But if I start really making these inquiries, it's going to set off a whole chain of events that I can't handle. Yeah, it is. And, I'm, and here's, the, here's the thing. I get it. I've stood there many times in my life and Laura is raising her hand. And so you're witnessing two beings that have walked through fire of fires and fires of transformation. And I bet many of you have walked through fires. And I think sometimes we can look at people and this is the shadow of, of personal transformation and, you know, whatever you want to call it. And part of the shadow of social media where and I, I don't participate a lot over there. Um, this is not about attaining some magical level of success where all of a sudden everything is lined up in a row. Um, you know, I sat down with my partner yesterday and we have, we call it money and momentum Mondays and, um, putting a book into the world. You can spend a lot of money, um, putting a book in a world. And I took a pretty fierce stance not to go into debt financially or in life force to get overwhelmed and over it into the world, which I've done with my other three previous books to the point like with my second book, I literally walked into a cabinet and, sh and, and split my head open because I was working, doing so many things to try to make enough money that I, and, the, and that I literally walked into a cabinet. And that, and, I, and after that happened, when that overwhelm is happening, when that pressure is happening, it's a call to yourself to say, something's not right. Don't just push through. Don't just buckle it up. Don't just take a weekend off and then go back in your heart. You're, there's something off. It's like, it's like you're like misaligned and, yeah. and you, and here's the thing, the, that's, that's just the moment of like, okay, it doesn't mean you go and make brass cha rash changes. It doesn't mean you have to know how to make the change. And for sure, it doesn't mean you do this on your own. It means you get clear on with yourself before you ever do anything out there, you get clear in here of what's actually real for you. And so for example, with my second book, Mandy in Love With Me, when I walked into the cabin and split my head open, <laughs> which was like a pretty oh. big wake up call, right? Like I literally had a Harry Potter scar on my forehead. Um, oh. I got really quiet with myself and I said, what is out of alignment? And I had a very deep connection to my inner wisdom at that point. It's harder if you haven't developed an in connection to your intuition, but it's still there. This is part of where we have to go back and reclaim that, 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 that connection. And the voice said, um, your debt is strangling you. And at the time I had a big California house with a, well, it was a small house, but a big mortgage. And I had also $65,000 of credit card debt because I had accumulated that to basically start my business and try and make all of this work. And again, zingo, dingo, bingo. I'm like, that's truth. 
I don't, what do I do? (laughs) You know, but what I did is I apply what I just said. It's like, I just had to be real with myself. And the reason we're not real with ourselves, the reason we won't feel is because of the consequence of what being honest and real with ourselves mean. But if you won't be honest with yourself, if you won't be real, I actually don't know how to get you out of overwhelm. I don't know how to lead you to creating a life in which not only, not that you're happy, but that you have joy at the center of your beingness. So as as one of a minister once said to me, if you have joy at the center of your beingness, when you know, (laughs) when you know your car slides down the hill in San Francisco, because she forgot to put the parking brake on (laughs) and it hits another car. This was a, we used to go to a unity church in San Francisco like that, you know, like, no matter what's going on around you, you can keep your center. Um, And so I think, you know, so for me, I went home later, I talked to my partner about it. And then it set up a series of events. I got support, I got guidance, and I ended up releasing my house. I ended up short selling my house um, because the California market had tanked in 2008. And, and became a nomad for three years and lived this really awesome experience. So yeah, I'm not going to say there's not challenges, but this goes back to the heart that you're wearing Mm -hmm. and the heart of the rose quartz or the morganite. You're supported, you're guided, and it's okay to move slowly, but don't get stagnant and don't avoid and also don't cut down your tree and right. then screw yourself. You know, you have to be, you have to, you want to keep a you want to preserve things while you're going through the process. And what I'm really hearing you say, what I'm taking, what I'm taking away and what I want others to take away too, is it's not bam overnight. I was overwhelmed on Monday. Now it's Tuesday and I'm over it and it's fine <laughs> that it is that process. The inquiry, getting quiet, getting real, maybe fighting with yourself a little bit. Is this real? Is this not real? Maybe running into a cabinet. Oh, I need to do this now. (laughs) Yeah. Getting the help, thinking it through, processing it, not doing it all at once, but realizing that like so many other things in life, it is a process. And to maybe even keep coming back to that inquiry. Is this working for me? What do I need to get rid of? What do I need to release? What do I need? What do I need to sustain and preserve? And what do I need to create the new? So you want to, part of the reason we're all overwhelmed is because we're actually doing all three of these at the same time, but you can ask, what do I need to release? What do I need to preserve? Uh-huh. And what, what do I, what is the new I'm creating? Cause the preserving part is what stabilizes you. It's kind of like those balance boards. So oh. the preserving part is what stabilizes you. The releasing frees you and the creating part inspires you to be creating the new and it felt, helps you feel empowered. So yeah. we're doing all three of these right now, all of us, we're doing it individually and we're doing it collectively. And what a perfect time of the year to do that. And when you said you spend the whole month of January, listeners, did you hear that? I don't spend my lunch hour on the first Monday of January. I spend the whole month of January. Release, preserve, create. And I just have to throw this in because it's so exciting. The way it works with my my three... Flaunt is a five-step thing, but it's all around three things, which the very first step is recognize and release. That's exactly what Christine is talking about. Get real, recognize it, and then we both talk about release. My second step is reveal. 
Her second step is preserve, which is kind of the same thing. It's revealing what I want to keep and yours is a pres preserving it. My third step is re-choreograph and hers is great. <laughs> That's what we call universal wisdom. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier, sometimes it takes a different way of hearing it for you to get the same concept. Two different ways of saying the exact same thing. And it will get you out of that overwhelm. And going back to, again, creating that culture, what is the kind of culture that you want to create within your family, within your world? So thank you for all of that. What else? Is there anything else that you can offer up listeners who are thinking, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, but what else? Yeah. So when everyone take a breath and I'm going to give you a very practical piece of, so I'm all about the daily practices, the weekly practices, the monthly practices, and the yearly practices that actually keep us in rhythm and help us stay stabilized and sustained during this process and keep you connected to your own needs and also connect you to that deeper, that deeper wisdom. Um, so for example, at the end of the year, every year in December, I do a power pause where I actually stop and pause and reflect on what's actually happened. So I can actually receive it, release also what is no longer needed, and then also really receive it. So like, that's like, you know, and I, and I do this with my community. I do it on my podcast. I do, it's been doing it for many years, but whatever you do, do not just miss that reflection time. Because mm -hmm. when you don't stop to actually say, I, 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 um, this happened. You know, so there's things that happen that you want to really celebrate because otherwise you get what I call achievers amnesia, where you, it's like, did anything happen? Whenever I do the power pause, I, people are like, what happened in January? I don't know. Then they start flipping through their phone. They're like, oh, I did that. And this was good. And that was good. And especially this year, I feel it's really important to stop and, and celebrate the things that have happened that you have accomplished. And then there's a looking back and saying like, okay, well, what were the shorts? What were the losses? What were the disappointments? And you got to, you want to stop and pause and be with those and then leave them in 2020. So you don't end up taking them with you and as baggage in the new year. And then there's also like, what's the wisdom you gained from this year? And, um, and then you want to then be able to start, um, start the new year fresh. And I just want to say January 1st is not the original new year. Um, it's actually March equinox. It was changed by Julius Caesar and then followed up by Pope Gregory where they actually the use of a calendar based on 13 months versus 12 months. So there's all kinds of hinky business that's gone on with time that makes us, you know, be these machines. And so that would be the yearly practice. I would really encourage everyone to do this year and really for the rest of your life. And then the other practice, the daily morning practice, I would say, um, is two things. One, very specific wisdom across all traditions I've studied is how you start your day is how you will live your day. So pay attention to the first hour and actually the last hour. It's called the bookend. Yogic science teaches what you put into your body in the last hour of your day goes to bed with you. So if you're on Facebook, if you're watching a scary Netflix or a dramatic Netflix, if you're eating chocolate, whatever you're talking, some dramatic conversation, it's going to go to sleep with you into your psyche, into your body, and you're going to have to process it. So you're not going to get the sleep that you need. So you're not going to wake up as fresh. In the first morning, what are you reaching for? What are you interacting with? What are you ingesting? Are you reaching for your cell phone before you pee, brush your teeth, look in the mirror, do a little yoga, put your feet on the ground and like hear my voice. Like 
only connect with things that create harmony in your field for that first hour. And I actually don't interact with the outside world for that first hour of my morning. I don't just sit on a cushion and hum. I just don't go on email. I don't go on social media. I don't, I mean, I, I just don't. And, but if you do notice what happens to your brain, to your psyche, to your energy field, because you've just invited all of those people into your energy field. And so all of that frenzy out there exacerbates the frenzy inside and the chaos. And those two choices, the first hour and last hour, everybody has can, can, can oh, change. Yeah. Even if like I used to hear people, well, I'm a mother and I had these kids and then I'm like, wait, so you're the matriarch, number one. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, invite your kids. So I have so many women who have invited their kids and they're teaching their kids these rituals to do and it brings them together and then they're instilling this into their children. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Before we move into the last part and close out the show, I want to make sure listeners know how to get a hold of you and your book. Because I know that everybody out there is going to want to connect and recenter and reground. So mm. where can they find you in your book? Um, so the, well, the best way to find the book <laughs> is um, go to overwhelmedandoverit.com. That's the book's homepage. So there's a video on there about it and it has all the different places you can order it at and stuff. And there's also a quiz on there called Am I Overgiving? That helps you Ooh. see how, which of the 13 ways you're overgiving and bankrupting yourself. Um, so that's overwhelmed and over it, which is also will link you up to my webpage, christinarilo.com and everything is on there. And the best way to stay connected to me is through my podcast, Feminine Power Time. So, you know, go subscribe to that and stay connected. It's the best way since you're already a podcast listener and you're here. Um, it's easy to do. We're very complimentary. So I, I, I just, I'm so happy to meet you, Laura. And thank you so much for inviting me into your community and to everybody for having this conversation. It's such a, um, makes my heart. That was my, my, my ask for this book going into the world was, um, to feel supported. That was my goal. Like that literally is my like intention that, that it, that I feel supported and that I have this vision of it just getting into all these hands of women and women are giving it to other women and women are giving it to other women. Those are my goals. So when I get to be like this um, with another New World Library author, which is such an amazing <laughs> publishing house to be with, um, it, it just like, it's literally the powerful feminine happening. And so thank you for inviting me in. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, right back at you a thousand times over. <laughs> and what I'd like to leave with is walking you through the five steps of flaunt. The five steps of flaunt are my five steps that anybody can take to find their center mm -hmm. and to stay not only grounded, but joyful and happy in that moment. Mm -hmm. So F is find your fetish. What is your fetish? What makes you so excited that you could just do for the sake of doing every day? Mm. I, um, I love ritual. Like I love ritual. It like soothes my soul. So what that might mean like today I got up this morning, I had my hot lemon water, then I had my coffee and my do all things with love mug. And then I went up and I lit my candle and I lit a little incense and I sat on my, my mat and I smelled some, some, um, good oil and I did some breathing and I listened to some mantra and like that little ritual like grounds and centers me. And then when I, when I, why I would say it's the F the fetish, it makes me feel connected 
to the divine. And when I feel connected to divine, um, I feel like I'm, I'm so joyful. And when I'm not, when I'm stuck in my own, like make it happen, it's all on me thing. That joy is like a little shriveled up prune. Mm-hmm. I get that. Oh, I get that. <laughs> and then the L is laugh out loud. What makes you laugh? Even when you're having a really difficult day, what can you turn to that will create laughter? So I happen to live with a very handsome, clean-shaven, um, bald-headed man. Actually, I don't call him bald-headed. Noah, who's my <laughs> cosmic soul partner. And before I met him, I um, in my first book, Choosing Me, before we, I created something called the core four, which are the four things you desire in a partner. And one of them is that he makes me laugh. Because I can be kind of serious and super deep. And him, it's like he just has this witty sense of humor and he'll just say something and it just it just stops me in my tracks and makes me smile and laugh out loud. And I think I'm so grateful to have somebody who can lighten me up and like, you know, poke me just in the right place. Um, so I love laughing with others and specifically that I get to live with someone who does it to me That's almost daily. I love that. Next step is AU, the golden center of flaunt, which stands for accept unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And where we are challenged to accept unconditionally is often our biggest point of transition or growth or learning. What was the most difficult thing that you have ever had to accept unconditionally? Well, um, it's been everything I've received without having to give back in sisterhood. So like that thing with Gloria Steinem that I mentioned, how I I call it a holy receiving lesson. So basically short story is um, I went, I was invited to be part of a mastermind, 10 women came in. One of the women said, Hey, I have tickets to them doing this event. I have two tickets left for Gloria, da, da, da. Tickets are $2,500. My whole, like I got one, I go, and then I dropped. I did not have $2,500 to, you know, do this. So I reached out to her and said, I told her why I wanted to meet Gloria, what I wanted to talk to her about. Could it any support the event in any way? And she literally wrote back and said, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for your ticket and just come. Wow. That's beautiful. And so I had to re- not give, like I just received it. And there's like that compulsion, you know, right. I'll um, do this. I'll do, yeah, this. I'll do this. And I think that for me, um, I, I, I kind of licked the, once I got through my, my, my bad man choices yeah. pretty fast at the age of 30 and found good man. Um, it's been sisterhood. That's been so much more challenging in my relationships with women. Love that. The next step is N and that's for navigate the negative. Um, what is your top tip for navigating? Hmm. Find, um, I'm looking out my window right now. Um, get outside of your house, get outside of your mind, get outside of the computer box and like go connect with mother nature, like instant recalibration. Perfect. And then the last one is T trust in your truth in any words or movement or sound, what is your truth? Hmm. Um, I was born for these times. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your book. Listeners, please connect with Christine. Buy her book, Overwhelmed and Over It. I will put all of her information in the show notes. Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish. 
laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com.